Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the weekly podcast in which we analyze Wonder Woman five minutes by five minutes. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Johnny. You can find me anywhere at Austin Powers Minute. And I'm Essie Fleenor. Hello. I'm a guest of honor, I like to think. I'm one <laughs> half of Bitches on Comics, and you can find me at at Essie underscore Fleenor. And I am Sarah Century. I am the other half of Bitches on Comics, and you can follow me at Sarah Century. No H. No H. Awesome. No, no H. <laughs> there is no H in the middle of this name. Awesome. Well, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for, for joining us today to talk about Wonder Woman. Um, definitely, you guys, you do bitches on comics, but there's a since uh, right now you guys are doing uh, you guys have done an event called Decoded um, Decoded on, on Pride. Is that is that the full name? It's the Decoded Pride Anthology. We kind of like pieced together what it was as we went and we're like, oh, we need another word. Okay, Pride. Okay, we need one more word. It's anthology. <laughs> so Decoded Pride Anthology. We're like, that That sort of describes what's happening here. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a story a day anthology. We release a story or a comic every day in the month of Pride. And it's all about genre. So it's sci-fi, fantasy, horror, again, comics. We've got both slice of life comics with like a fun anim- anamorph trick, you know? And then we've got, you know, more superhero comics as well, so. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it's like well, every day it's coming out, right? Or... Yeah, every, every day we day. release a story. Yep. <laughs> every single day. Yeah. And we didn't have that much time to plan it, but it has gone off without a hitch pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and yeah. Oh, go for I was it. just going to say something super cool about it is that Sarah does a, a piece of art for each story, uh, not for the comics, because it would be weird to illustrate a comic, but mm-hmm. she does these epic black and white illustrations and they're just stunning every artist has been or every writer has been like oh my god i have art for my story that's so beautiful and it's they're really incredible so it's a really neat you really get a it has a real sense to it as an anthology i think because of the art the art really helps it snap together in a really really i think powerful way i'm just like oh my god like i had no idea thank you (laughs) i'm i'm staring at some of them right now and they're beautiful Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you're welcome. that so much. It's just like a freight train of content over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like that, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's, it's know, like, oh, go for it. I was going to say, you know, it's, a, it's also a, a Pride Month thing. Uh, I think most queer creatives are just at a breakneck pace, May and June of every year, because people are interested in Pride things, which is fantastic. Yay, let's like have have Pride and let's educate one another. But you know, uh, so, so it's like usually intense, but then also like we decided to do Decoded, this Pride anthology, which we are pumped about, but that obviously made Pride a little bit more stressful. <laughs> and then we decided, oh, you know, we really love this podcast and we really want to talk to cool queer people for Pride. So let's go ahead. You know, there's only four Wednesdays. Let's do eight episodes. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> so it's been amazing, actually. It's been a really incredible experience. That's awesome. And when, um, you know, we, we talk about like how much content you guys are, you guys are putting out, like, isn't it crazy how 
how much content you guys can you can put out or how much you can showcase of, of other people's work and like what you guys are doing is already like an overwhelming amount of content than than what normally gets put out there like um i guess i'm trying to say like most of the most of what people digest as far as they consume like uh, stories of superheroes and, and and science fiction and stuff like that isn't usually what you guys highlight you know like you guys are you guys are actually you're giving the spotlight to to a lot of works that uh you know things that uh, topics that people usually don't talk about yeah i think so definitely and, and thank you for noticing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, that was kind of the game for us is we were like, what if we could have 30 queer writers write 30 queer stories? Like, yeah. can we do that? Like, can we even get 30? We were like really nervous at first. We're like, okay, well, I could probably write as many as two. Like, could you write two? Yeah, like I could probably write as many as two. And then we got 200 submissions of just epic stories that you know every broad every range of genre every kind of content every kind of length every form of experimental it was just so hard to whittle down sarah and i spent hours talking and being like okay wait so if we do that one should we do this one okay no but wait if we do this one what does that mean about and it was really incredible yeah and like i i i enjoy that that spectrum is being explored you know because like when we look at comics and you know we're going to be talking about comic books a lot on this podcast um but like when you when we talk about podcasts or when we talk about comic books um there's a spectrum of the strong white male character you know like (laughs) there's like every corner of that type of person is explored in comic books um it wasn't until wonder woman you know that marston was like hey you know what if we had a great female superhero but like even today most of our comics i mean now we have now they're starting to push for for black superheroes and then every once in a while they'll be like oh well you know this character is is gay now like one green lantern yeah or like you know <laughs> now we're we're really going to push the envelope on on batwoman who is our who is our gay character and it's like she's like the you, flagship yeah. yeah yeah and it's like the flagship and they and they ride it and then it's like well you know there's so much more the thing is there's like, different you can't just pigeonhole you know all, all the things that you guys are doing for pride and decoded like it, they'll they'll like concentrate it into one character and it's like there's such a huge mm-hmm. spectrum but people are starved for representation right so i think that's why you're seeing a lot of outpouring of people who want to get their name out there and talk about their stories and it's a great way to create that platform of representation which i hope continues (laughs) for everybody (laughs) yeah same (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were just talking about it today you know we this is a very strange time to be launching a publication. And Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, the first week was really a time we thought was important to be amplifying black voices. And so we weren't comfortable advertising. And that's really when a lot of the pride attention, you know, really first 
jumps out. So that was a little, you know, it's been a little tough. So it's been, our, our readership is, is strong and we're really excited. We're really close to breaking even. And then, you know, for us, that's like, if we can break even this year, then like it's worth continuing. I mean, it's always worth continuing, but literally we can afford to continue. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the, um, uh, one of the best feelings I believe is like, realizing that you have the ability to have that platform and then just expanding yeah. on anything and everything that you as creators want to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you can just do anything. That's the biggest thing. And like, it's a slow realization. I think me, it's very slow, <laughs> but, uh, but it's cool to see just like, um, so much content that's being uh, pushed out right now. And, um, the vast spectrum of what is reaching everybody, be it social media, be it podcast, be it, uh, you know, new Netflix series or anything like that. But the fact is that it actually is getting out there on these platforms. And then when people realize that they have the ability to have these platforms, it's astronomical. I think it's just amazing. It's a great time we're in right now. Yeah. It's a, I think it's an important, an important time. Maybe, maybe it's scary for some, maybe some see the, the more positive side to things, but I think now to have these, we're not supposed to, well, no, no, no. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Like if some people like it's a changing time, I like, I'm trying to be like more objective about it, I guess, but it's like Fair enough. that these conversations are happening, like that we, that they are so overdue, you know, that, that we're having the conversations now and then we're pushing, we're trying to push it to the limit that shouldn't even be there. Right. Like we're having conversations of like, um, uh, I'm trying to think here, like, um, was it just like a couple of years ago, the whole furry thing was like, uh, like, a, a negative connotation. And now we're like, who gives a shit? Like have the greatest, <laughs> like be who you are. Do like, what you want as long as it doesn't hurt yeah. anybody else. Like, come on. I'm over here. Like, that yo i'm okay with that i'm okay with like i enjoy the stories and, and seeing what people put out there because like and then like now here we are in 2020 and they're like the you know they're they're uh, we accept that for what it is and and i i think we we are so overdue of these like acceptance uh in ourselves that like these these stories that we read like shouldn't be vanilla new. yeah like they like it should just be. like one noted it's literally just about like this powerful cis white man who's the hero of everything yeah like, it's just like there should be it just should be so much more of it and i and i feel like decoded really helps that because it just it it kind of like um what i'm trying to say is like it creates so much content decodes it you're looking for words in the right in front of you i have it written down right here it's right it's underlined <laughs> yeah it's it's it, to me it's just like it seems like such a you know when you guys have like such a a smart invention or something because it's something that people have always like been trying to look for an answer and then you guys are like yeah well you know if you just did a whole month of just making content in that in that in that category and then that's the that's the solution right there you know so you're legitimately like, gonna make me cry <laughs> this is like so <laughs> nice yeah this is very sweet thank you thank you no yeah. It, well yeah that, i mean you're we, speaking the truth yeah we wanted to we wanted to bring you guys on because um like obviously we're talking about wonder woman and uh th these these minutes here i felt like really um 
you guys would really enjoy talking about these minutes. Um, so I wanted to like bring you guys on to talk about Decoded, talk about bitches on comics uh, for sure. Um, and this, it might be, it might be just that for the, these five minutes, but like, um, yeah, while we're talking about Wonder Woman and, you know, since we're talking about what you guys do, um, what, what is your relationship with Wonder Woman? I know for most people, she's, she's like the big female superhero that we all know and love, but, um, just what, what is your guys' take on her? <laughs> um, Essie, do you want to answer this? <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> Sarah's like, mm, I have a lot of. Mm, I have. A, I have minute. many things to say about Wonder Woman. <laughs> of course. Oh, you're too good. Too good. Uh, yeah. So I grew up watching Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So in some senses, like that is still my Wonder Woman. Like though that little like I don't even know what you would call that pants on that. But whatever those ridiculous pants were, and her spinning, uh, the spin. I love it. Oh, the, the spin. spin, the spin. And then when she popped up on Supergirl as the president, yes. I oh, yeah. my yeah. eyes out. <laughs> oh God, I just love her. So yeah, I. So that was like my first Wonder Woman, and I was like, oh, what? Yes, sign me up. And you know, I'm not as big into her. Not in like a. I'm not into her, but. She's just not like my my number one, but mm-hmm. I really yeah I think that what's cool about Diana is all the the contradictions she brings together. I love mm-hmm. that she's you know uh, to borrow from Christianity like in the in the world but not of the world. I love that she's by. I love that she's at once this like uh, you know little baby experience in the world and then she's like, profoundly wise like I, I just I love that she's all these things at once because I think especially in the comics that it it just sets an example of you can be more than like we, you all were saying like one dimensional and you can be complex and complicated and make some really really bad decisions <laughs> and still be like badass so that's like you know that's my take but i'm i want to hear sarah's i'm ready (laughs) oh oh my um so yeah i have been reading wonder woman i started reading her just as soon as i possibly could pretty much the minute i saw one of her books on the stand whenever i bought it was john byrne era so uh john byrne we don't love (laughs) anymore um but there was this you know wonderful arc with wonder woman where she was kind of training a younger kid to be wonder girl and like all of this stuff so it was not all bad but after that i decided you know i need to read all of the wonder woman obviously so i don't know i feel like i'm like maybe the only person i've ever met who's read from like number one (laughs) all the way up to like where we're at right now like I never talked to people who have read all of Wonder Woman but I did because (laughs) wow you know so much and yeah there's so many flaws like there's so so much bad stuff that happens in Wonder Woman because there's like her her initial feminism um but then it kind of veers off really quickly (laughs) into you know other creators come in and they're just like well we don't want to read a comic about a feminist okay so we're gonna (laughs) do this and this and this it's actually like steve trevor's book essentially for a really long time mm -hmm. um yeah not great um not great but (laughs) you know but you've read them (laughs) why would you focus on the person with superpowers in this story it doesn't make sense um yeah but (laughs) 
Yeah, no, basically, I just have read so, so much. I've watched the cartoons. I've, like, everything with Wonder Woman. And it's all over the place for me. Like, there's wonderful, wonderful Wonder Woman comics. And then there's stuff where I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of problematic stuff in there. But it's, like, the history oh, yeah. of Wonder Woman. It goes all the way back to, like, 1940 or something. And that's a really long time for a character to be around. A lot of time to make mistakes. <laughs> so there's that. And- all of them have done it. All of, I mean, no one, and it, then it just falls down to like, you know, obviously time period, especially with those things. But then who's writing her, what the philosophy behind that character is at the mm-hmm. moment. And then, oh, what, yeah. you know, what popularity is demanding of that character and all these other yeah, things. And that's even worse. now, yeah, which is, oh God, that's terrible. But now, now we're in uh, a more lenient period, I guess we should say. They definitely just had some really good runs on the comic. They had G.Y. Yeah. Wilson, who created yes, Ms. Marvel. Legit. That was a really good yeah. run. And uh, Steve Orlando came in after that. Then, unfortunately, Steve Orlando had to leave the company because DC doesn't treat their employees very well. But yep. there is still that run, and it is still really good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. At least, like, from, like, a broad spectrum right now, the character is in good hands. That's a question. Not sure where she's going right now, but she has been (laughs) pretty recently. So, and it's actually been, I mean, it's a relief to pick up for the longest time there. I was picking up Wonder Woman every single month for a long time and it hasn't happened since Gail Simone's run. So it was really Mm. nice just to be like, I'm going to buy all the Wonder Woman and I'm going to read all of them. It's going to be great. It's like those, those storylines kind of like picked Wonder Woman up out of like a comic book lull, I think, that she was in for a little while. Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman's good too. Basically, I can talk about the comics. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. good though. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why you're here. That's why you're here. You're in good exactly. company. Ah, uh, yes. Absolutely. And then I think um, well, you know, we're 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 from Orlando, but they also had they had a pride book. Um yes. was a was it Love mm-hmm. Love is Love? Love's or, love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's love. It's on my love. shelf right now. Let me give them, uh, yeah. Are you reaching for it? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yes. You guys seen this one? I don't, you, yeah. Podcasters aren't going to hear this, but or see this, but this this one this yeah. one's awesome. I love. I like that cover. I cried a lot. <laughs> it's a really I, yes. good comic. We just talked about it. Actually, one of our Pride episodes, we talk about that collection. It's it's a incredible. free free Patreon bonus. So if you want to come check it out, hey, nice yeah. plug. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com/slash bitches on comics. This is yeah. really working out. <laughs> you actually have to type it out though because you can't search us on Patreon. Right, because we're explicit we're content. Explicit um, content. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so with with that being said, like so, where does where does the film land uh, with each with, with each of you with um like does does uh, from where you stand with with Wonder Woman is the film more on the the plus side of things or you guys feel like it didn't do uh, to, didn't hit your mark of where you wanted Wonder Woman to be or maybe it's the best movie of all time? You let me know. <laughs> Sarah, you have to go first. Okay, sweet. Um, I enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. a lot there is so many things we went on a podcast called the good the bad and the basic and we talked a lot about um yeah basically just our very complicated feelings on this movie which mm-hmm. is that i really love it like there's nothing to be compared to this right like we have like the first unfortunately you know yeah. one of the first you know like times and it, and it was a success which was really nice too because i think a lot of people were like wanting it to fail um but then at this and it's a, a fun like action-filled 
superhero movie. It has all of, it pulls out all of the stops. It's good. And the direction is good. Acting mm-hmm. is good. I love Etta Candy. Like I would die oh. for her. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lucy Davis and anything really. Yeah. And I mean, I love, uh, honestly, the Steve Trevor romance in comics has always been so hit and miss for me. And a lot of times I don't like it because he's the focal point. And that does mm-hmm. still happen here sometimes. But I still really liked the romance between those two. Yeah, absolutely. And y- you said that, like, you know, this movie is kind of like, it, it hits the beats of what a what a what the superhero movies are doing anyways. It just you mm-hmm. know it's successful and it has Wonder Woman. And the more I think about it, the more time goes on. I think about it like um, we were just talking off air about us, the movie Jordan Peele's movie Us. Yeah, because we finally saw it. Yeah, and some people have like they can they can <laughs> see that movie and then heavily criticize it. And then lately in my mind, I've been thinking, is it just because Jordan Peele directed it that it that it garners more more thought process on it it's like the guy made a good horror movie and that should be just enough to be like hey he made a good movie and then with Wonder Woman I'm like why is it that the first female superhero movie has to have so much weight on it like why can't it societal bias yeah like oh I was gonna say I've got a guess (laughs) (laughs) I've done nothing but talk about societal bias uh, systemic issues all day today at work so <laughs> like can Wonder Woman just be a good basic superhero movie and and be fine with that like why do why does it have to win an you Oscar have to, why well also why do you have to why do you have to gender a movie yeah like, like can why? it just be the best superhero movie or just a really good superhero movie it just has to be like oh it's the first um like that's that brings up that other thing you know people are always like oh, you know, I liked Wonder Woman more than I liked Cap- Captain Marvel. It's like, what are you, who's having that conversation? <laughs> you don't Why have you- to pit two queens against each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, but you can have, you can have an actual critique conversation about each one of them. You just don't yes. have to like, yeah. co- you don't have to compare to contrast. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It, that that kind of conversation always bothers me when yeah. people make those kind of things. Like, yeah. you know, you, uh, I don't know. But yeah, SC. I don't want to have to defend the right for like a female superhero to have her own film. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I'd much rather critique it. You know, I'd much rather yeah. have a substantive conversation where we're all like, isn't it great that this movie exists? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Here are my beef. You know, <laughs> like, yes. let yeah. me lay out the different pieces I don't like. Or let me like talk about what I felt the first time I saw Themyscira. Right? Like, that is something valid and powerful mm-hmm. we can talk about. To see a bunch of like, you know, soft butch, I'm sorry, they're, they're pretty soft. Uh, you know, women riding horses and shooting arrows and you can't see me but i'm doing a lot of gestures in my (laughs) my study alone i'm I'm Um, picturing it i'm picturing i got it my imagination is impeccable when diana's a child she's doing the same thing in the very beginning of the movie oh my god i can't even talk about it bawling (laughs) bawling um you know and like that's pretty fucking great i think that was amazing the way that made me feel was incredible i think the film has some um i'm an editor so part of what i do is dissect stories at all times and i think they've got a little bit of a problem towards the end of their second act beginning of the third they just didn't play uh aries quite right in my book i will say second time through liked it better than the first time it seems to be the general consensus you're you're nailing nail you got it (laughs) (laughs) hey thanks um and i would say like it 
glorifies the military in a way that is really frustrating for me. And to show people dying, but to, to put a, you know, a softer lens on it, you know, mm-hmm. they always pull away from the injuries. I'm not saying we need to show people bleeding everywhere, but I think like you can either do it or you can't. And they're trying to sort of get it both ways where they're like, look how terrible it is, but let's not like really look how terrible it is. Cause that will be disturbing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right? It's still like a, really clean and glorified version of war and you're like watching it from you know the comfort of a movie theater there's just mm-hmm. like a bunch of details to it that are just kind of like yeah this is totally military propaganda um <laughs> but you know <laughs> lots of things are um, exactly <laughs> and, and you know what i i will own this it is kind of bullshit but i am a sucker for any time they're like, it's no man's land. And she throws that coat off and she's like, oh luckily I'm not a man. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, you're like simultaneously screaming and also crying, but yes. also oh, like yeah. really into yeah. it and rude. Yes. <laughs> Been there, done that. Same. Like, <laughs> oh, like, where's time. the ladder? I'll go out there too. I'll, I'll, I'll run up yeah. there with her. Yeah. Going, I'm going right it's behind like, you. All the ladies in the audience, all the non men in the audience, get get up, get up, let's go. <laughs> it's time. The they did actually. It was funny, and I don't know if you all watch Legends of Tomorrow, but they went back to that same time, and Sarah Lance basically does the exact same thing, and the same effect on me, just <laughs> bawling, like here for it, absolutely that, like, here for it. That like speaks so like specifically when we. We even like even the utter the phrase no man's land in the context of Wonder Woman, it elicited such a strong response, right? Of like that representation we talked about just a few minutes ago is just seeing that you can be compassionate and you can be this strong woman for you know anybody and just take take it by the balls sometimes, you know, <laughs> and just run out there and do what no one else could. And I feel like that representation is still, even after th- 2017, it's not, it's not where I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think cause like we still, we still just have that moment and we, we've only gotten it. Like you can really just count it on one hand of the many superhero moments we have because we still haven't even gotten the black widow film since the time of the release of this episode who knows but um black widow is still kind of like shelved until the pandemic is over and we have captain marvel and um in endgame there's the all the the female avengers they have like that also elicited a crazy response i was like screaming in the theater but that's fine Um, oh my god same (laughs) and it's one of those things where it's like um they didn't they didn't hype it up or anything it wasn't in the trailers they were just like and guess what it's happened it's like oh Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, like it's just one of those things where it, it's 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 great. But keep it coming. Like more, more, more. <laughs> well, we don't we don't have a, a queer superhero Mm-mm. on film. No, like, not on film. And and we do right because we have Harley now. She's out. Um, you know, but that was like two I seconds. I also screamed on my couch, so that's fine. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, that's mm-hmm. when we need Poison Ivy to be in the next movie. Exactly. I'm here. <laughs> you know for what? It. <laughs> we agree. Yeah, yeah. but it, the it's consensus like, on this side, we agree. Uh, <laughs> seeing Black Panther is the only like strong representation of like 
Because I know Okoye was supposed to be gay, and they cut that scene out. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. Oh. I'm saying like if we were talking about queer as well, like queer superheroes, right, get their chance and then extend people of color as well throughout the and have them be the feature, right? Mm-hmm. So it really Black Panther is the only representation of that that we have. Unless you watch Blade, Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, we, yes, we, got, we got our boy Jason Which is, Momoa. It's great if, when traditionally he's not written as a person of color. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, which yeah. that's I would love those nuanced representations. Which I mean, like I don't understand why Aquaman was ever not a person of color, but that's fine. That's a de- that's another <laughs> conversation for another day. There's a there's yeah. a there's a I'm sure there's a master. Race I'll show you some essays. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna pass. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> that's, that's a rabbit hole on, yeah. on that one. Um, so let's see where we're at. Since um, we, uh, Sarah, you were just talking about uh, Steve Trevor. You know, like the relationship between him and Diana has always been um, for better and worse at times. And you know, with this movie, I feel like they—at least I feel—unless you guys disagree—but I feel I felt like they wrote it. So where he's not the mansplaining type character, that he's more so saying, hey, Diana, this is how things are. And then she's like, I'm not going to do it that way. And so (laughs) you have a great way of, yes, he's still trying to be the explanation for the world that she's now in. But it's not like she's saying like, oh, I guess I can't do that. Um, I... I like the relationship here more than I ever do in the comics. Normally, I'm not a Steve Trevor Diana relationship person. I'm usually like, can we not do this part? Can we go to the new 52 way <laughs> skip, of doing skip, it? Skip, skip, yeah. yeah. Can we have him not even in the story? Can it just be her and her uh, Greek family that's messed up? Or let him like live in the 1917 and he's, you know, he's dead. Like, he's yeah, gone. He with gone. It. He, 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 was there. From it. he yeah. had a really yeah. happy life. Yeah. 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 Like make it a learning. Uh, he experience. got to date Wonder Woman. Anyone who yeah. dates Wonder Woman has a happy life. Yeah, I know, blessed, right? Blessed I mean, like, universe. he's good. Don't you don't need to be, be doing Steve Trevor anyway. He's he's good. He's yeah. done. <laughs> Leave him. So <laughs> you must let him go. Um, the way our the five minutes that we're going to be talking about today. Um, uh, for hey, welcome to our show. Uh, the minutes. Gonna <laughs> yeah. start, <laughs> and then it's going to start with uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, she's being lied to by Chris uh, Chris Pine. Steve Trevor is... Yes, Chris Pine. <laughs> uh, we Captain get this, Kirk. Yeah, Captain <laughs> Kirk. We get this very funny moment. Um, and so what they're going to be doing is uh, Steve Trevor is going to actually still continue the mission even though his higher uh, superior officers are saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're not even going to pursue this. And then... Um, Diana's kind of calling him out, but he he does this whole thing where he's like, he's just lying to her that he is going to show her the men that he works with that's going to get her over there to to fight Ares and, and solve Dr. Poison's issues. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this scene right here as we open up? Because it, it does kind of open up kind of halfway, but it's a pretty funny one, if I have to say so. For me, I get not liking Steve Trevor in lots of representations. Mm -hmm. But I love Chris Pine. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to love Chris Pine like as much as I do. Like him as Kirk, I get why people don't love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm like lapping it up. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So oh him in a wrinkle in time, 
Graybeard Daddy. So good. I'm into oh it. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> god. Uh yeah, so that I love him. I so I get like, yeah, he's a bit pedantic at some point. And yeah, like he's sexist. And like, oh, okay, what year is it? And, oh, okay, well maybe. So that's how I had to feel about that. Um but yeah, I I liked it. I like that he took the the uh lasso of truth and like put it around his arm and was like we're going mm-hmm. and we're probably all gonna die mm-hmm. was just like a really cute vulnerable moment and yeah so i i was into it yeah yeah he did his steely gaze moment where he's just like I'm telling you the truth diana like so funny and so endearing um yeah i thought that that part was great i do really enjoy their relationship in this it's kind of weird to say because as everyone seems to agree i'm kind of (laughs) steve trevor um but he's good here i don't know it's sometimes people prove you wrong what are you gonna do (laughs) it's chris pine man i if they would have casted it any different i think i would have felt differently oh of course yeah we got the rick flair we got the same thing with rick flair the last movie yeah he was rick flag flag. don't say rick flair what did i say rick flair yeah that's a different story that's a nature boy but yeah because i didn't like rick flag i thought he was an asshole so uh same thing yeah but like chris pine being steve trevor is like uh, that's it that's it that's all i have yeah. to say that's i love hot. him so much I think <laughs> my my hot take on it hot take is get it because it's a hot lasso Chris oh hot. but he's oh, hot too okay. i was talking about oh that. man that lasso's got to be insanely hot right my my hot take on Ow. this is like so he's he's putting he's taking the lasso and then putting it around his own hand power move yeah it, power move because i'm saying if you have a man who or just any significant other who's going to take the time to wrap a lasso around themselves to force themselves to tell the truth. You got to wipe that guy up because like, that's, that's like, he's, he's being completely honest and he's forcing himself to be honest. No, then you ask them a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. I'm, I'm no. with Johnny. <laughs> yeah. You got, I think, okay. You're I think you got to take that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Cornered now we're going to go through the Rolodex of questions I've been holding yeah. on to this entire time. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. But isn't that, like to me, that's like very impressive. That that he it's, does. I that. think it's clever. Yeah. yeah. Because he was already wrapped up with it in Themyscira, so he knows exactly what that is. So, I think it's smart um, to think that quickly. As re- it's really more so like his the the fact that like how quickly he thought to grab the lasso to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Such but a, yeah, it needed, a power it, move <laughs> in a conversation <laughs> just to be like, yeah, oh yeah, check this yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I am not going to argue like, with you any further. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it on him and then push him and be like, okay, well then, what is the next thing? Where's, where's Nessie? Do you really, do you really believe, do you really believe that Aries is behind this? Do you believe in Aries? That's when I would, I would be like, Wonder Woman would be like, okay, I know I've told you about all this, but I really feel like oh, you're just lying yeah. to me at this point. <laughs> like, do you believe what I'm saying to you? No? That would have been a good question. Be yeah. But it's also like, uh, him him doing that is the best way to get to diana's heart right so like it yeah it's to show her that he's using her beliefs and her history to just be like honest yeah be very transparent he could have just told her outright but he wanted to make sure that like okay i know that you respect this 
I know that you respect the gods and their power. So I'm going to show you with your own belief system that I'm not lying. Yeah. I think, I think it's very, I think it was very nicely written by, by Patty to, to, you know, that, that Chris Pine be the one to use the lasso on himself. And I know it's a very funny moment. Like to us, it's, 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 you know, the, the Gal Gadot Chris Pine show. So it's very, very charismatic for us. Is that that show? Can that be a thing? (laughs) Yeah. Just watch all the interviews they do for the movie uh, during the press, press junkets. It's, it's a movie in itself. Um, (laughs) But like, it's great that we can laugh at the scene, but at the same time be like, you know, this, this guy really, really is a good version of Steve Trevor. It's like, you know, it's not a, you don't leave the theater going, we really got to sit here and have Wonder Woman dating this guy. <laughs> yeah. Especially, agreed. Oh my God. It's always basically just like, wait, you left an island of warrior women for what? Yeah. For Steve Trevor? Are yeah. you sure? Like, no wonder your mother disowned you. <laughs> oh, like, no. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I was like, if you need help, blink three times. Yeah. Yeah. I love that scene when they're in the boat and she's like, uh, men are not necessary for pleasure. <laughs> I was like, oh, Diana, drag him. Oh, so yeah. good. Yes. He has like uh, a yeah. defeated, like, oh, no, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. Um, something that the good, the bad, the basic folks, Alex and, and um, oh, God. M. M, thank you. Alex and M. I was thinking of <laughs> please leave a message, which is her handle. Um, they pointed out that, and I see it in this scene and the fact that Diana doesn't push him further, doesn't sort of do anything, but kind of be like, you know, open mouth, like what? Um, is that like, it's the born sexy yesterday trope. And that like really plays into this movie where it's just, uh, you know, it feels like a lot of times she's a little bit of a, you know, like being led around by a string. And, you know, I think it's not the, worst thing it kind of actually works in the movie which makes me feel like maybe a not a great feminist but i do think it's like that's that's why you don't see that resistance there you don't see that conflict in part because it's mm-hmm. you know she's like the baby in the world <laughs> yeah we kept, i don't um, understand things can you explain them <laughs> yeah. yeah we kept we kept trying to steer so far away from the word naive that i think we settled on what was it rose colored rose colored glasses i guess in a, a sense of her just um just the broad the broad look of man's world that she's stepping into um because you know obviously naivety is too negative a connotation especially for wonder woman especially what we see her do in this movie mm-hmm. it's she literally knocks down that word <laughs> you, you go to use it and then like a, a, a scene later it's like oh that's not naive at all but it is um what did you say led around on a string um mm-hmm. is that um uh, is that in part by like saying it would be good to have that because she eventually just ends up where she's supposed to be. I'm thinking about literally letting on my string. Well, I think the reason it, it works for me is that uh-huh. it's, it's, it's Gal Gadot. It's yeah. also mm-hmm. like, we love films where we see a world we know through someone who doesn't know its eyes. Mm-hmm. It feels so amazing to see your own world rendered through the eyes of someone who could never conceive of this. And so there, there's something really I think charismatic about it. And 
And I think that there are points where it teeters to a bad side. And I think there's a lot of, it just sort of walks that line most of the time. And so, you know, I'm thinking of a puppy on a string, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I, she gets led around that way. And, and I think, yeah, it, it, she does end up where she needs to be. So I guess pragmatically, yeah, it does kind of work. You <laughs> need the puppy where you need the puppy to go. But I also like that she breaks the string if we're going to stick with the metaphor, you know, when she jumps yeah. into no man's land. And when she attacks Ares, which she ends up realizing is maybe not the best decision, like the person she thinks is Ares, right? And I think it's, it, it, it works again because it's, it's so fun and it's problematic because it presumes that our only female superhero is a bit of a airhead. Mm-hmm. Like there's points where it kind of teeters into airhead and I'm like, it, it, it pulls back. And I think that's again, a, a gift of the writing and a Patty Jenkins directing. And again, Gal Gadot's acting, you know, she is, she has so many convictions. It's not, she's not empty, but she's a little bit, uh, you know, precious and susceptible to the world, I guess I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And I think uh, Patty Jenkins, what she, what she's aiming for, um, we, we stopped using the word naive because we've been, I said foolhardy. We, I think that was a good, we, that was a good adjective. Yeah. We, I think we were taught that like, you know, if you're, you're naive, then you would stay naive. And, and that would be, that would be man in, in man's world. And I yeah. think what's, what's happening here is so she, it's, I guess if you think of it as going down a flight of stairs, she's going down, you know, she's, she's walking downstairs and then, you know, Chris Pine at the, or Steve Trevor <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs is saying, this is man's world. This is how it is. And for her to be naive would to, to come to like the rest of man's world being like, all right, I can't do, do anything. anything. I'm going to end up like everyone else. Sliding down the rail instead of taking each step. There you <laughs> go, Mark. I like, your, she, I like your analogy. But what Patty is aiming for is that, okay, we are going to shock her with the realization, but she will not falter. She will say, I will solve the problems with love, not by, uh, and, and this is the end of the movie where she's got the tank in her hands and she, can, mm-hmm. she has a moment to kill Dr. Poison. Oh, she's got a tank in her hands. <laughs> if she drops the tank, then that's her being, that's her, uh, that's her uh, uh, selling out, basically. That's her giving into man's world and and letting it uh consume her um Mm -hmm. and so patty jenkins is like yes we want her to be shocked by man's world but then we want her to break that string and be like i will solve it with the ways that you know my my mother and my aunt have taught me that love is is truly the way to save the world and then that breaks through it and then you know that's how we define the character yeah and so i think they do a great way of you know they shock her in in this um um, I guess you would say, uh, I don't want to say babe in the woods, but like just the, the, the shock of, of, of man's world to her as a, as a young character. And then, then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to be better than that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be susceptible to that. So I, I guess I always like thought about, sorry, I guess I always just thought about in my, uh, watching through Wonder Woman that Steve is really just a personification of exposition to <laughs> to a point to a point of which he is not needed anymore for that exposition because instead of him writing no instead of him writing necessary the, just for procreation just no, like no, in the movie well yeah yeah but instead of like okay so he he is only valuable in expo, exposition up to a point at which he is no longer writing that story or narrating that story it, it's no longer his story to tell it 
it exactly hands to Diana's story, right? Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. he, and then his it was role, on Themyscira. Yeah, well, to a certain degree, yes and no. I feel like to me, his exposition goes through all this. We have to get to get to the war, as Diana would say. We get to the point she meets everyone in her her group. Uh, they get to the war, and then there are certain explanations that he has to okay, this is what war is like now here mm-hmm. in man's world. And then she starts busting through all those barriers of what that looks like. And at that point, I feel like it truly does start changing hands of hers. Like, I, I'm going to do whatever. I heard you gave me all that explanation, like, for 45 minutes. Like, great, awesome. I, I got it. I got, the, I got the lesson. Now I'm going to, like, do my own thing. I, you, you got me where I needed to go. Yeah. You gave me explanation. I'm now physically here. Cool. So now, like, now what is his purpose going to be in the next movie? That's the question. <laughs> I don't know. He can't go back to being exposition anymore. She's got to stand there and look cute. Oh, and it's going to be all about Barbara Minerva. She's going to be in the movie. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, who's going to be paying attention to this guy? Like, all of a sudden, yeah. Barbara Minerva's here. That's, uh, that's, that's something I'm speculating. I... <laughs> It's the 80s, gal. You maybe you know. Who knows? Um, who knows? Who knows? In the comics, Barbara Minerva is a queer person. So yeah, that's very true. I'm, so. If it, hey, I'm praying, right? Um, <laughs> so Gal Gadot did tease that it, she said, uh, "Don't count out a romance," which is mm-hmm. like, hmm, let's see mm-hmm. if that plays mm-hmm. out. That mm-hmm. should that should be. <laughs> That should be the thing. Like that's that should be the thing, right? Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean that's what we're here for, definitely. Yeah, yeah we're all here for that. <laughs> what um, makes sense? Um, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here since we're talking so much about Wonder Woman. Um, but before we do, we're gonna start. Uh, before we start talking about uh, all the men in Diana's life, now, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with Diana and and Steve in this scene before we before we switch gears or? I am good. I think that we have talked enough. <laughs> okay. So, so they're going to see Trevor's going to introduce Diana to um, uh, basically his, his, his group of comrades who are also a bunch of liars and thieves and uh, just not, not soldiers, just weird thugs and stuff like that. Um, and so this, this, sec, this scene is called meeting the team. Um, and so this is where we're going to meet uh, Ewan Bren, Bren uh, I always mispronounce his last name, Bremner? <laughs> Ewan Bremner. I always say Ewan Bremer, but it's Ewan Bremner from, from Train Spotting and all that. Um, he, he plays Charlie, and then we're going to meet uh, Sa- Sad Tom, what is his name? Tog, Togmaui? Uh, he plays Samir in this movie, and I, I really like Samir, uh, even though his character's maybe not the best, but um, I've always found him a little bit charismatic, but um we're basically going to throw diana into probably maybe one of the more hostile territories uh in in london or just like what is typical of that era so i wanted to start off with a quote here and then kind of get your guys snap reaction of this but this is patty jenkins talking about why they did this scene and what these characters mean and why these characters are created but um basically she goes on to say that um uh we're playing with stereotypes with all three of these characters. Um, each of each one of them is like a different prism from which Diana like sees the, or how they how the world has shaped these men. 
um, that she's going to be working with. And the world around them has affected all of them differently. So they're very much like a stereotype um, of how, of, of what they are and who they are. Um, and so this, this period was a, was a sexist time and there's no way to pr- pretend that it wasn't. So embrace those stereotypes and then try to defy your expectation. The only native American in Europe at the time were coming over uh, with the wild west shows um, they've lost everything at home. Chief's been seen as a smuggler, and even Diana, when she meets him for the first time, says, you're here for profit. Then you notice he never takes money from anyone. Uh, he ends up being a wonderful presence that represents something very different. Samir is a Moroccan soldier. They became a very high-end force in World War I. He had been a soldier because that's the only thing he was ever allowed to be, and once he left the war, there was only, it was the only way he could survive as a hustler and a con man. But the truth is, he is an actor. It's all he's ever wanted to be. Um, and then Charlie's just—he uh, was a soldier, but then he's discharged for his. To get his explanation. Yeah, we find out he just yeah. got PTSD, which they don't in today's world. We still don't care about it if you have PTSD. So, um, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole bar scene? <laughs> I'm like, <"I> see? <laughs> um, here's here's my gut reaction to that quote. Eh, okay, sure, you can say that's what you're doing, but I don't know if it worked. <laughs> it never makes. Are we it talking about the scene, stereotype? Right? Yeah, oh. basically, just like kind of the stereotypes of the scene. Um, because like it's really cool to have this amazing backstory for every single character, but whenever it's like on the screen, you don't really get to see any of that, you know. And it always mm-hmm. is kind of like, oh. <laughs> it's honestly something that I found with doing like these shows. Um, it's really like, <laughs> and this is silly because the general audience doesn't do this, but breaking it down, like that whole character breakdown of Samir watching it like if when he said his one line of dialogue i think when he was like i want to be an actor or whatever like you get like uh, okay yeah that that's i get it that's like the one branch that they told you to hang on to and then run with that but then when you hear it like detailed like that in that book you kind of really see like oh wait he did all this he's a product of his surroundings and like the country at the time what was going on there and where he is now in europe and then it gives you context to why he's with Steve Trevor. General audience doesn't see that when it's like on the screen. <laughs> exactly. Like what, what, that's we're seeing it now. So eh, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like one of those things, right? Where also Wonder Woman in the early days has a pretty racist history of being really terrible to Japanese people. Like there's I mean, that's kind of the time and everything, but then also that's no excuse, you know, like, so mm-hmm. you have like this long history. So I feel like this would have been a great time to rectify that history and to make it better. But what ends up happening is it's like, you're still just kind of like leaning on these stereotypes whenever we talk about like what we actually see, because none of these characters really get that much screen time, which is a huge issue. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel all kinds of ways about it. I, whenever we rewatched it earlier, (laughs) I was like, 
oh, this is like the scene that I think in the movie I was like, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> and I yeah. like, wasn't here for it. So I like watched it again and was like, oh yeah, this this all sounds like something that happened in this movie. I remember this. Um, well, it's such a bummer because I love a team up scene. Oh, totally. I love a Always. team up sequence. Yes. Like tell me their backstories. Like that's one of the things I got to say in Birds of Prey, they just nailed. Mm-hmm. The oh, way yeah, they yeah, did yeah. everyone's like backstory and the intros and the even the graphics that you see on screen right like so good everybody has their own motivation everybody is there for a reason other than you know vague let's hear about it in an interview another time kind of motivations it's like you see all of it on screen so it's not impossible right um which is like you know the the side effect of birds of prey i think being as good as it was is like also you're just kind of like you know, this movie could have tried a little <laughs> harder on this front. But then it's like, there was so much pressure on this movie. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's a, it's hard to judge it too harshly. But then at the same time, there's always, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I would change this. I would change this. Mm-hmm. I would change this. <laughs> I would change this, you know. Um, and this scene I would change for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's pretty messed up to have one african moroccan character who is trying to swindle people i'm i I like samir i'm with you he's very very much charismatic that actor that's the thing the actor could have done so much cool stuff anything it was like anything look at how many languages he speaks he's the only one up to her fucking par linguistically i'm sorry i don't know if i'm allowed to say curse words they just you're good go for it (laughs) we just we'll do the editing we'll work the magic it's most of the time i usually do an audible uh a be- a beep, beep. Did that do it? Oh, there we go um now mark i feel like maybe this is something that you wanted had in had in the chamber or something like that but um Samir was supposed to be going for into the blackhawks thing when that was a project at a time Correct. No, don't, I don't know a, what's going. Uh, so yeah, and uh, was that a thing? That's the question. Yeah, the question is: Is it still a thing? Because Steven Spielberg is, you know, DC <sighs> had this big announcement that Steven Spielberg is going to be working on a Black Hawks movie, and Samir, oh, that character I didn't even is. Oh, about that. Yeah, he's Samir. That's where, my my question was like, where is that's yeah, <laughs> that's the thing to blossom that guy. That's the thing to take him from just a Moroccan swindler that's caught in between World War One and countries. Uh, uh, yeah, fighting and like be like oh wait still in this same time period but this is why he's here why Mm -hmm. is he yeah this is exactly why he's here he's not just some schmuck and then we'd be able to see him a bunch Mm -hmm. and i'm all for that like i as i say this all of the actors in this are incredibly charismatic and it's like that's half of what carries this movie (laughs) whenever you're like you have these moments of just being like hmm i don't know and then you're just like Oh, but I mean, look at what is it that Chris Evans says to Chris Pine that one time where he's like, get out of here with your blue eyes like that. <laughs> it's just like that the whole time, like through this movie, get out of here with your blue eyes, Chris Pine. Um, yeah. And, you know, get out of here with all of your beautiful eyes, all of you actors. Um, I like that at the very end of the scene, Etta comes in. <laughs> and that's what oh, I'm Etta. always waiting for in this movie. I wish that like there had been a lot more Etta. Yeah, and uh, I think she also had a scene that was cut, and it was like the after credit scene. But um, mm-hmm. I think they explained something. I can't remember, but I, I felt like Etta Candy takes over some position like later on down the road because yeah. 
like uh, where am i getting this information from but like something about like wonder woman in the present knows that etta candy like like went up the ladder like skyrocket up the ladder mm-hmm. because of 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 helping wonder woman out during this time and um and then the removal of sir patrick morgan that she finds out that etta candy has actually um gone higher into politics because of that and she's not just a secretary anymore you know she had some real progressive character development so um oh, does that mean cool. we're not gonna see her though i'm just like etta's gotta come in like come on they got i, I don't know flashbacks i don't know it has what to be it, some 84? flashbacks it's all i'm living for yeah it'd be great yeah. To and flashbacks well, yeah. 70 years. 70 years. Well, you know, maybe something. Maybe it's her, like, granddaughter who looks exactly <gasps> I like I love her. this yes. line. Every time this shows up in a movie, I get so happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this I know, is right? my granddaughter. She looks exactly like I did 80 years ago. Oh, I'd be so, I would be like, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's, there needs to be And she's that. gay? Mm. <laughs> Buying it. We're doing it. Send yes. it. <laughs> um. But we have we have a the the moment where Samir meets um, uh, meets Wonder Woman, and uh, they have like this kind of that that they have a language off language off. I was gonna say lingui lingui ling lingui. <laughs> got it, linguini. Uh huh. <laughs> Try not to say <laughs> the it. other one. Lingu- linguistic. Someone there else say go. the word. Linguistic. linguistic. Thank you. <laughs> we'll just put that in there. I didn't know that you could Ling- say that word. Linguistic. I can't say that word. No, you just did it. You totally pulled it off. Got it. Okay. You got it. Anyways, they have a language off. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best part is Steve Trevor right at the end saying, oh, you guys are done. Okay. Anyways, Charlie's getting <laughs> yeah, up over there. I love that. I got God damn it, Chris Pine. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did it's- like that scene, though, because it was really cool because it was, you know, Oh, this guy does know like ten languages. Like this is pretty oh, fun. So cool. And then she's all like, "Can you recite Socrates in ancient Greece? Like you can, yeah. can you?" And just Gal Gadot <laughs> speaking other languages like that, you're just like, "Uh huh." Yep. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Speak them Go ahead, all. Keep talking. Yep. <laughs> um, what is her? What is her native to Samir? French? When they speak later, is it French? Uh, I guess what uh, or is later they, or they speak? Yeah, like what are the, uh, when when they're talking no, about table? dropping her off at the front? Yeah, hmm, I don't remember. I don't even know. So <laughs> they speak Spanish first, then it's then it's Chinese, Chinese and then it's no, 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 no. yeah, later, later, on in the later, movie. later. Okay, like when they speak to yeah. each other. I no, think well, it's later French. on in this scene. Oh, yeah. in the scene, it Wait. sounds French, but I don't know. I don't know what Moroccan sounds like. Or, uh, if they have, they would speak dialect. Arabic. Arabic. Yeah. So. I I do this. think it's French. I think I remember. Yeah. French. Right. I'm okay. not sure, but I think I remember that. Because he's trying to woo her, even though because he because and again. This, oh, this I didn't whole, even think about the romanticism of the language. Yeah, that's okay. why he's speaking like mm. Spanish at first because it's very romantic. It's a rom- well, I mean, it's okay. a romantic language. But uh, so. You know, he, <laughs> The, the the sexist thing about this whole five minutes is that, you know, Samir is thinking, oh, it's a very pretty woman. I will mm-hmm. woo her because that's that's what I, you know, that's what he's instinctively trying to do with a woman. Um, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't, uh, he assumes like the, the lesser of her, I would say. Um, and then you have Charlie 
who is the different type of sexist who's like oh what are you doing here we're, we're taking you to the to the, to the front line this wee loss <laughs> yeah exactly and he's like uh you know fighting for a beer here and you know getting in fights and you know like he did, it, it's not until wonder woman has to step in and save him that um that you know then he's like oh who is this? What is going on here? Why? How is this even possible? You know? So uh, it's just different. Um, I guess they, when they were explaining that these characters are different stereotypes, is I, I guess there's different stereotypes of being, you know, sexist, but. Um, That's true. Yeah. There are different stereotypes of being yeah. sexist. I, I think you it's like problematic life. for like the only person of color in the scene to be like lechy like yeah. towards the sexy white lady that's like oh my god that's like real problematic um you know i i like that they flirt but it, it does feel like it's like you, like you just had to pull back a little you know mm-hmm. even just a little and let it be more organic not where he's like hey you know like you don't have to be trying to holler at he her could you know have been very that's like this the mistake that so many scripts make right is is that if you're just really sly about things and just say it and like make it like 20 minutes down the road and you're like what's up ps still kind of into you like you just have to take it at a different pace dude like that was mm-hmm. way too much it was like way too much way too soon um and yeah i didn't i don't know i was all over the place i liked the language like them speaking different languages to each other and like that was just like him having to understand <laughs> like that this just wasn't gonna work and it wasn't you know like he was yeah. just he approached it all wrong. He put his whole foot in his entire mouth and it's it was going to happen. It's, it's like the same token of like, you get to see different, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. You get to see different types of sexist. You also get to see different types of ways to emasculate a man by linguistics or by saving him from a bar fight. <laughs> oh yeah the two the uh the two the two the two main ones that come to uh that come to mind <laughs> every person all the languages or you know yeah. save him in a fist fight where he thinks he's gonna win yeah yeah because it, you, you you're upstaging both of them and i mean that's just man man and and woman mm-hmm. and we're not even talking about like you know she's a god yeah, like, like well. you guys don't even realize that part yet that she's got. So on top of that, it's like yes, a woman is doing these things better than you are, but also you're assuming that she's just uh, a mortal woman and she's just an average person. She's really like this super strong hero and warrior and all you know everything that you're not. She's been training years for, um, and then um, how do you how do you guys feel about? <laughs> How do you guys feel about this hug? Is the hug too much? Is it supposed to be too much? Uh, that Samir tries to do like this. He does like this weird. Uh, this ha- I feel like this happens. It's one of those things. It's like yeah, that happens a lot today. Is like Samir's weird. Like oh, let me let me just assume I can hug you, and then Steve Trevor's like, please don't do that. And then she <laughs> she does like this, <laughs> like very grown up. Like it's like picking up a child or something she's just like get off like <laughs> don't touch me <laughs> uh, i think it's you know it's it's like a a a joke that gender minorities can make that dudes can't right like we can laugh at that 
because it's about how uncomfortable men make, you know, in this case, this woman. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, haha. But I also, with the other part of my brain, am like, maybe we shouldn't laugh that shit off. Like, mm-hmm. maybe instead we should be like, nah, don't fucking do that. Yeah. You know, like maybe that should be the takeaway versus like the takeaway being like, isn't Wonder Woman, Woman hilarious? But because it's like, okay, if Etta had been in her shoes, could she lift him oh. and push him away that hard? No. Yeah, the power dynamic shifts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you so, have a um, totally different so perspective. Well, I think it makes your point, Mark. Like, this is how they treat women. <laughs> it yeah. just so happens this woman is a god mm-hmm. who can do whatever she wants in this scenario. Yeah. Which she proves when she throws that guy across the bar, you know, with like her pinky. <laughs> yeah. And, you know? and, and yeah, see, Trevor is saying, please don't do that. But it's because he knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Would he be saying that regardless of any woman? Mm. I would hope so candy. for Chris Pine's sake. Like, exactly. Like just... We want to believe the best <laughs> yeah. of Chris Pine at mm-hmm. every turn. Yes. Um, He's like, guys, I'm an actor. Like, <laughs> we're like, this is not me. Chris and we're Pine. like, no, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, then why do you play the same character in every movie, Chris Pine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you oh, are. We, uh, I think it's, well, in, in, uh, in order, isn't this next week? Uh, we, we mentioned Princess Diaries too. Oh, and, and that's week. the only time that I feel like he kind of played a little bit of a butthole in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I yeah. haven't seen it, so I wouldn't. I do I've remember. completely forgotten it. About Princess Diaries 2? Yes, that's, I forgot the movie. I'm like, how can that's you That's the inception oh of the Chris Pine love in my heart. I yeah, it. I mean, I think in a lot of people's hearts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One day they'll just have like the Chris Pine box set. And the, you'll I see it like that commercial. You know how yeah. they do like the Shirley Temple. Like you can get the box oh my set God. with all the movies, and they play this. That would be very smart. That, that's the one you pulled from. You <laughs> pulled we from the know. Shirley Temple box set commercial on cable. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I love I you. You're hearing that animal crackers in my soup. in my soup. <laughs> So uh, the rabbit loop day loop. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I stayed then up till 1:30 a.m. The classics of Turner Classic <laughs> movies. Watching Adult Swim, and all of a sudden that comes on, you're like, "Why is this playing?" Anyway, who's who's this for? <laughs> I've watched so so many classic movies, and this is true to my experience as well. It's like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, you're just sitting there having your whole sleep deprived mind blown. Like, yeah, that's pretty much the story of classic film. <laughs> So, who knows? Maybe, maybe long after us, they'll they'll have a Chris Pine box set, and someone will be like, "This is a great idea," and you'd be like, "Yes, it was a great idea. It was a great idea back in 2020 when no one made it." <laughs> that um, was a great idea from beginning all the way to now, and it's mm-hmm. been 86 years. So, <laughs> yes. oh, God. so um, yeah, that, uh, Mark, I have something that I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah, go for it. Still pertaining to this minute. Um, so like we get to this point about, um, the whole, um, honor and fighting and like warrior aspect versus like the expert marksman and everything like this, um, with like Charlie and, and Diana. And we've had this discussion a little bit, I think, uh, in previous weeks, 
uh, don't remember the details. You can listen back. But <laughs> like the the mindset uh, that Diana is coming from of uh, warrior class people, and then we've been talking like with the gas and everything like this, and Doctor Poison and the dichotomy between Diana and Doctor Poison, and they're quote unquote fighting style this is another character that puts that contradiction just right up on the pedestal again um and i can't help but feel like it's it's a little it's a little misguided kind of um because hmm, i think it's misguided right now right here at this moment and it isn't cleared up until we see until we see Charlie in the field and the effects of what Shellshock has done to him and everything. But like, it seems so harsh right now, going back to that, um, uh, that warrior fighting with honor, hand to hand, sword to sword, you know, honor, honorable, Sir Patrick, all honorable. He says it so many freaking times in this movie. Um, <laughs> but like going back to that, uh, what what is everybody open question is there any opinion on um like uh the kind of backpedaling um that this character kind of produces i guess uh charlie specifically that character between the problem i have is between like with warrior and then with um the one that has no honor that's the thing that i'm trying to get at I don't think I formed a question. <laughs> I think here I'm going to try and clarify because I th I think I, un I understand where you're getting at. Is that is yeah? That Diane has been trained by Amazons, who are these um, uh, uh, like excellent warriors all around. Like they fight with honor, they fight gracefully, they fight powerfully. At the same time, there's so much that the Amazons do right when it comes to 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 why they fight and how they fight. And with Charlie, he does the exact opposite. He's a sniper. He works. He's and he's the one with the money. Yeah, like he's, he's the one that's there for money. He fights very unhonorably, but also very dirty. And then, uh, but he's also paid the price for it. Um, and so, you know, you have what is it like for Diana to to fight alongside a warrior who's completely opposite of of the of the Amazon warrior she grew up with? Yeah, I mean, I think we see that play out, right? Like, that's basically their interaction in this movie is, yeah. I mean, he's in such a different place because he's had to kill a ton of people. Like, Diana hasn't really had to go through that, right? So something that this movie actually, I think, does do really well commentary-wise is the fact that you go through things that change you as a person. Mm -hmm. And Diana hasn't gone through a lot of those things. Like, she has gone through them in the context of the mascara, not in this larger world. So kind of just understanding how people become jaded, I think, is like one of the you know, most successful messages of this film, definitely. Well, and I think the other thing it does, it highlights how judgmental she is. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. She's a judger, right? And like, mm -hmm. you get some of it and some of it, you're like, I'm with you. And some of you are like, sorry, Diana, we didn't all grow up on a gorgeous island with plentiful resources, surrounded by beautiful, empowered women who felt great about themselves. Like right. the rest of us are messed up. Sorry. You know, like, but uh, now here's my biggest question when like I that's that is my mindset. But then Diana's better than us. Right. So she's a, she, is she allowed to mm. be just that? 
What are you saying? Just because she's a, a quote unquote God that she can pull that like judgment? It's everything. It's not just quote unquote God. It's everything. <sighs> it's being of Themyscira. It's being of the gods. It's 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 everything. It's Diana, <laughs> Prince of Themyscira. It's Wonder Woman. She is better than man and everything that man's world is. Yeah, That's but now she's, now she's stepping out of her world into man's world and trying to like overlay her grown up with right and overlay it into man's world and make everybody rise to the same standards mm-hmm. without for lack of a better way of like walk in his shoes for a little while maybe the reason why that he didn't um he has to be a sniper and he's doing it for hire at this point is like there's a larger story there right mm-hmm. of yeah not just about like Ooh, I'm a soldier, like whatever. I got, I, something traumatic happened to me and now I just do it for hire, but I don't even shoot people anymore. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's like Diana grew up revering warrior culture. Mm-hmm. Humanity, hopefully, doesn't grow up to become a killer or like a warrior. You do teach them to be. I know, but mm-hmm. that's the thing is like Diana's perfectly capable of honorably taking a life right in battle she's okay with that where a lot of other superheroes in her same universe will not or cannot do that right batman superman yeah exactly (laughs) usually usually so but then you see okay so he can take a life it hurts him to do so because he was not indoctrinated into that warrior culture like she was mm-hmm. no yeah, well, she uh, comes from a pantheon of fallible gods yeah like that's yeah. that's so important to remember is like yeah. none of them are good like that doesn't exist they're all at best you know ambivalent oh and and that's that's a good thing moral sorry sarah no no i was just saying definitely diana is the most moral but oh yeah oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. It's stories i've ever it, read in my life yeah, right. i mean and again she's because better. she's bridging things right like because yeah. she goes into yes. our world she's a better god mm-hmm. she's a yeah. better god for leaving that perfect vacuum because the thing is ethics are easy in a vacuum mm-hmm. you know why the amazons are so great at killing people because they haven't had to do it for a very long time yeah mm-hmm. like it's easy to be good at something you never have to do but like he charlie has taken lives and it's impacted him and he lives in a world where no one even cares yeah mm-hmm, no one yeah. cares that and, he's broken by that well and they're profiting off him being broken right they're profiting yeah. off being able to use him to kill more people so now mm-hmm. it just becomes that sick cycle that even like even if you step into man's realm you're she's not there is no understanding of Uh, economic and governmental pressures in man's world right now she's Mm -hmm. just learning the government side barely yeah she's she's through exposition right Uh, it it, that takes long a long time and even still we're we're doing this and we don't understand she's only learning one government too yeah (laughs) so it's it's like you're not seeing the socio-economic impact of what has happened to him that's why her viewpoint is just like okay so it's definitely just my crazy uh, brother over there causing all of it right i love how you put on these weird like binoculars it's my horse blinders but she's just like okay Okay. so i just need to kill this (laughs) one guy to end war right because it couldn't be that everyone out here is just have some weird war machine that's ruling the the world right it's just fueling the economy no she doesn't see that 
And I think that's, to me, the fundamental critique of Wonder Woman is the fundamental critique of any white savior. Mm -hmm. We don't need them. What we need is people power. And I think that what's been cool is in some of the interviews Sarah and I have been doing um, over in Bitches on Comics, we've been talking to creators like Gabby Rivera, who's talking about how she really thinks about that. So when she writes America Chavez, she doesn't want America to solve all the problems. She wants America to work with other people, other people of color, other women, other queer people to solve their problem. And I think that we're seeing that, again, the more creators of color we have in control, the more queer creators we have in control. I I think about Danny Lore's Queen of Bad Dreams. I mean, that is fundamentally a story about one very special woman in comics who then realizes, I can't solve this problem. Yeah. So I have to do this with people that I have to trust and be vulnerable with. And and that's what bums me out about Wonder Woman. I'm like, yeah, it's great she has a team. Couldn't have a single GD woman on it? Not a single GD? Do women not exist at this time in Europe? I'm pretty sure they do. Like, what? You can't have a nurse on your team that's like a field medic? Like, what the hell? And so it just ends up being such a white feminist, white savior situation where you're just like this is not what anyone needs (laughs) yeah and um i first of all i do want to say i've been i've been asking for an america chavez i i think that i think that character needs a movie i think america chavez needs it yeah i think that's a great character we need america that's something i need actually to keep living we all need that that's a i'm very i'm not surprised disappointed that that's not one of the things being pushed out out of all the other, you know, Marvel comics and stuff like that, like America Chavez is not being put out. Like, you know, that that deserves a movie right now. That but, uh comic book movies, for lack of a, it, it sounds Alan silly. Alan Moore said it and said what you're about to say. What about like we? It's just splashy. It's not actually getting to the root of the oh, issue. Oh yeah, but no, it's uh, Alan Moore said something like comic books are just white supremacy. Garbage. Well, I mean. Uh, reflect your reflect your actual society you're writing for. Hello. Yeah. Like if the writers are writing for that, you're perpetuating it. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, I was gonna mm-hmm. say is that you when you the way Wonder Woman is here, uh, they, and writing Wonder Woman whether now or in the future, you have to be careful or you have to be careful or mindful how you approach things with her because we talked about this in our in our fourth episode nathan with with tyranny but she does have privilege it's very obvious she mm-hmm. has privilege because in the moment where she dives in after steve trevor she sees a plane crash in the water and she goes that guy's in trouble i'm gonna go save that person no other amazon can go do that without repercussions it is only diana who says hey i'm gonna just jump off this cliff and go save him because i i'm gonna go do it which is great and heroic it's like yes thank you for saving that guy's life and that's also a story, <laughs> but also any other Amazon would be in trouble for doing that. They can't, they'd have to be like, well, I guess I got to call my supervisor first before I can jump in that water, you know? And so, <laughs> Man, I don't want to get written up and have to sit out of training for a week. Yeah. Like- and so there's, there's a lot of, uh, I guess privilege, you know, it's a, yes, it could be a white saver. And it's just like, you are also very, a, a very privileged person. You're, you're oh yeah. A, you're a princess. You're a demigod. You are imbe- imbued with, uh, the powers of the gods 
uh you're the daughter of the queen like yeah. the yeah. queen is obsessed with you prayed for a child forever and, and then you, finally yeah. got one you're like, like made the, you a smoking hot betty like, oh my god your hello. mom is such a betty oh that. my god like, like beauty privilege that girl is Ooh. walking around destroying people yeah what is up <laughs> even etta candy was like oh yeah i guess a person would you know a person with no stomach would say something like that she says something along those lines oh to etta yeah Yeah, etta says it back to her yeah yeah, like someone without a stomach would say something like that um but anyways uh you were saying that you know and and gagudo's a a judger and it's like there's a you know if she was written wrong she could come off very mean girlish you know that'd be in her that would be in the burn book you judge her (laughs) and then like her dad is a god it's like sorry your dad's a god you know and i'm i'm not i was born in cleveland ohio like you know it's just like one of those things she could be very much like uh i don't think my dad the god of mountain olympus would be very happy oh it's just like it's so weird how you how, how there's like a few missteps for a hero to go to be a villain yeah it's so interesting that way or likewise for a villain to go to be a hero yeah like her, well, i think her that that's one of the things I really loved about or am loving about the new Harley Quinn animated series is yeah. you get to see the heroes <laughs> through their eyes. And Diana is a mean girl in that yeah. situation. They're all mean girls when they're like, oh, Robin's your nemesis. This is so cute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it's like oh that, my God. It's that weird like justice supremacy at that point of like, I have a strong sense of justice. I believe in this justice. This is the only form of justice. Like, that's it. You can't tell me that there's another way of doing this. There's like a scene where she's like getting ready for her breakfast. She, or she's like watching the news and she's got like, she's like waxing her lip or something. And she's like, I'm, yeah, there's like an elevated like uh, display of like who the heroes are. And then they're having to watch like Gotham like, like destroy itself. And she's like, what's going on over there? And you get to see kind of like through the window of like what the mascara is really like and stuff like that. So yeah, the, and then what it that becomes show- a resort. Yeah, and then it becomes, it becomes a resort. That was the best. <laughs> oh my God. That was a very spicy episode. We won't spoil that it. That was a spicy episode. <laughs> was again screaming from my couch because you can't unmake that canon now. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> That's just the law of the land now. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, we won't talk anymore about Harley Quinn because you guys need to go see it. If you haven't seen it yet, you better start watching it. <laughs> Anyways, um, do you guys have anything else? <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about uh, the stuff in this in this episode, but I don't know if you guys have any other any other notes that we we skipped on or um, before we wrap up. Uh, I just want to mention, uh, as much as I have, you know, pointed out the flaws of our dear Diana, I get chills every time she throws that guy across the bar <laughs> and takes that gun from him. I love the way she holds guns wrong and is like, what is this gross thing? <laughs> I'm really into that. Like, that is, very, I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the speed was, I think that's like, honestly, you like need to show somebody firsthand um just ability and like just like sheer superiority speed is definitely like up there in my book um i mean look how quick it is oh so cool 
Yeah, it was great. I like this movie. I don't know. It doesn't, it's like whenever I watch it or whenever I rewatch it every single time, I'm just like, here's my issues. I really wish Etta Candy was in like the entire movie instead <laughs> of just a few scenes because what the F, like you can't, you can't do this. You have to put Etta in a whole movie. Um, but there's so much cool stuff about it and it was totally in the time, you know, like I mean, I'm a big fan of 1984 Supergirl, but like I hadn't seen a woman, you know, front a movie in a really long time at that point. Um, there as that was like a superhero movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I had like a lot of feelings about it. It's it's one of those things where I think it's gonna. I mean, much like the original Wonder Woman TV series, it's gonna go down in history as having some kind of super progressive points, and then. A ton of stuff where you're like, I would have probably changed that. Um, probably just run this by a sensitivity reader or two. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's it's going to be something that we keep talking about for years and years. I think so. There is yeah. that. Yeah, and we'll we'll be talking about Chris Pine for a long time. Too. Oh my god! Oh yeah. As long as he doesn't do anything to cancel himself out, that would be. Yeah, um, I think I'm out of here with your the most, eyes, bro. I would be so devastated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. But um, yeah, like I think, um, I think this Wonder Woman movie just did something where it kind of made itself timeless by setting itself in World War One, so that it's not really set during the modern day. So it has a less like, it's less likely to age in a weird way because it is, it's setting itself in the political climate of that era, anyways. So it's like, mm. I mean, I guess when it when it is more reflective of like the modern day stuff, like, you know, Samir hugging Wonder Woman and stuff like that. That's when you go, Hmm. Huh. And then, uh, but then you go, okay, well, you know, people were being treated like that back then anyway. So I, I'm wondering if like, because they said it in world war one, that it ages better over time, but also aesthetically, like I enjoy watching it because it's set in that time because i'm like oh look at you know they're in this irish pub and like i'm like man i wish i was in an irish pub right now instead of being locked in my house right now yeah um so it's, and it's, diana's like, outfits are fierce oh wow like, yeah. yes what? i mean Edda's too I have, she's looking good yeah Edda for sure i've never wanted to wear like world war one era fashion more than this <laughs> this movie right mm-hmm. that yeah, good hat. point yeah it that did achieve hat. that definitely mm, that hat <laughs> it's all like i think every, everyone's wardrobe is on point i how we talk That's about true. we talk about steve trevor a lot but like well i also think that uh, i guess like piggybacking off of what you said about like it being impactful that it's in world war one I, I feel like on its face like before i watched the movie i don't think i would have been as hyped if they like jumped the gun and put just diana in modern day and that was her like premiere movie like that's how she jumped onto the scene Mm -hmm. of like we all know wonder woman's backstory like here's wonder woman like i I, i'm so glad they did not do that Mm um i it's important to flesh her out and show her early day flaws versus like us all trying to catch up with whatever Batman's doing right now because you know guess he's already done enough yeah you guys working overtime um my closing note is going to be um going back to what we were talking about previously um is that the whole idea of Wonder Woman being in World War One and especially with 
having a character like Charlie be on her team and have Diana be confronted with that type of dishonorable fighting. Um, that just like goes as a total reflection of World War One. I. I mean, first war that you started using pretty much distance and killing people from planes and bombs and gas and stuff like that. So having Diana present there is a contradiction, but also I think probably the most eye-opener uh, way about the character that you can probably um, talk about, like especially like just early 20th century humanity and everything like that in quote-unquote modern day. Um, but then, like I said, going with having the addition of Charlie to be a, a warrior that is fighting right next to Diana, um, I just think that's something we need to keep a close eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And I like part of me wouldn't even call him like a warrior more so just like he's just a person who's who's found himself with a gun in his hand and they've been like, All right, get out there and have fun and then they're like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna go out there and have fun and then you realize it's not fun. It is actually very it sucks. It really does suck <laughs> out there. It's a terrible time. I'm not having any fun here. And and that's like the kind of person that Charlie is where, you know, you have like the Amazons who are trained for war all the time and they never get to fight it and charlie's like i heard i heard war was cool um thought i would now, go have a scrap with the german yeah and now i'm an alcoholic because i can't face yeah. my inner demons so uh um, yeah anyway <laughs> um that's all i had yeah uh sarah sc first of all i want to say thank you so much for joining us to talk about wonder woman it's been an absolute blast it's probably one of my favorite episodes so far on the show. Um, but before we go, uh, I was hoping you guys can just tell us a little bit more about Bitches on Comics and Decoded. Uh, just tell people where they can find you, which, what you got going on. Cool. So Decoded Pride, you can find us at decodedpride.com. Heyo, made it easy for you. <laughs> and we will have the PDF of all 30 stories, including the comics, and then all the illustrations available. It's $15 for download. I'm sure we'll do a deal at some point. So, you know, if you don't have 15, follow us on Twitter at, at Bitches on Comics or Instagram again at Bitches on Comics. You can tune into our episodes on any of the platforms you choose go wild kiddos find whatever you like or you can find us on our website bitchesoncomics.com we talk about swamp thing and poison ivy and the x-men being gay um <laughs> and we take questions we're an advice podcast oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you send can us send us please it's basically like a long conversation with our listeners. We had like an original question about fridging and we talked about the trope and what, where it came from, what was problematic about it, what, what is problematic about it. And then someone asked a, like, you know, another layer of question about that. Then we had a third person ask a different layer of question about it. And it's been really fun. I mean, it's just super cool. So if you do have a question, you can email us at b.tchesoncomics at gmail.com. <laughs> that's amazing oh I man you've one take you have literally practiced that so hard i know it because i have seen it and you have come a long way <laughs> that's awesome okay well uh you can uh you can find us on all social media at dceu minute 
Um, and if you really enjoyed the show, you want to help us out. We also sell, we sell merchandise on T public. We also have a Patreon where we are doing bonus content. Nathan and I are talking about the DC animated movie universe movies. Uh, so you can join us on there. And then we also have a Facebook group. If you want to talk about, uh, uh, talk about today's episode or any episode that you're catching up on, uh, with us, other listeners who listen to the show and other guests who have been on the show, you can join us all there on the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We will catch you guys next week for Wonder Woman Minute.